Alina Habba, Donald Trump's lawyer, was getting smacked down left and right by the Second Circuit Court of Appeals. First, getting smacked down for not asserting presidential immunity in a affirmative defense back when E. Jean Carroll sued Donald Trump in 2019. The Second Circuit said as a result of the conduct by Donald Trump's legal team, Donald Trump waived the ability to uh, assert absolute presidential immunity in that case. Then, in a case involving Michael Cohen's appeal of a dismissal of his civil rights case against uh, Donald Trump, the Department of Justice and the government, when they remanded him into custody for not signing away his rights to put out a book in 2020 or to post about Donald Trump and locked him in solitary confinement, Alina Habba stepped up to give oral argument, um, and she was trying to assert that her client, Donald Trump, uh, should be subject to absolute presidential immunity. And then the Second Circuit panel, I'm going to play you this audio recording, turned to Alina Habba and they said, okay, well, what about the Blassingame case and how does that relate to this? And you'll hear her say the, the Blassingame case. I'm sorry, I don't know what that case is. The case is Blassingame versus Trump, Alina Habba, your client. And it is now the preeminent case involving absolute presidential immunity in general and involving Donald Trump. And that's where the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals recently, in the past 10 days, made a ruling that Donald Trump is not subject to absolute presidential immunity, he can assert absolute presidential immunity in a civil case regarding the January 6th insurrection because the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals held that Donald Trump's conduct falls outside the outer perimeter of presidential authority because his conduct involved campaigning and election activity, which is not Article II executive power. It's not presidential authority. So when Alina Habba, who goes around and tries to talk about, oh, he's subject to absolute presidential immunity, this presidential immunity, that, when she was said, when she was asked, can you talk about the Blassingame case by this panel? She didn't know the case, and we've got the oral argument. So I want to play it for you now, and then you'll see by the end of it, the Second Circuit judges were just fed up with her, and they were basically just like, all right, Alina, can you just sit down, sit down, Alina? Thank you. Thank you. Go away. Here, play this audio clip. This is wild. Play it. Okay. Um, are you familiar with Blassingame versus Trump, the D.C. Circuit case that was recent? Um, let me see if it's in my... Not off the top of my head, Your Honor. Okay. Um, I'd just be, they they got this issue before we did. And um, obviously it is not binding authority on us, but it is persuasive. And I was hoping uh, that you could react to it, but you don't have any reaction to it at this time. I don't, but I can say that if it's not from the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court has made very clear that we are not to extend Bivens unless the, it passes the two-factor test, uh, my colleague. Right, that, that's a, that's a, that's a, official act case. It's more dealing with the immunity. Okay. But if you're not prepared. I'm happy to talk about the immunity and official acts. Actually, Mr. Cohen's complaint states on paragraph 47 uh, that at all, relative, all, at all relevant times herein, the individual defendants acted within the course and scope of their employment um, and under the color of law. So right there, never mind Bivens, the president, he, it, he admits that the president was working as within the within his uh, job as the president of the United States, and he was his complaint fails under absolute immunity. 
So under two, frankly, it fails on two levels. Um, I can speak generally, you know, of Nixon. The case serves as an independent basis of dismissing appellant's case against President Trump. As I stated, um, a former president of the United States is entitled to absolute immunity from damages liability predicated on his official acts. That was stated in the Nixon v. Fitzgerald case. But that is precisely what appellant is attempting to do. The complaint specifically alleges, as I said, that he was working within the course and scope of his employment. So uh, for those reasons alone, it must be dismissed under Nixon. And then appellant also tried to skirt this issue by claiming that President Trump's alleged conduct was done in bad faith. I mentioned this prior, but my client adamantly, first of all, denies that he had any involvement whatsoever in the conduct conduct alleged in the complaint, and there is no specific facts that go to President Trump. Let's remember there were seven uh, counts. One, one was against President Trump, and it had no factual basis. But regardless, and so yeah. I, I think I thank you for your time. Yeah, my sure. Colleagues don't have it. Sure. No okay. Problem. Thank, thank you. you. And so to give you some further context, though, just about that clip and remind you again what this case is about, right? It is a lawsuit filed by Michael Cohen, as I said, against the Department of Justice, against Bill Barr, against Donald Trump, against the government um, for the unconstitutional remand. He says it's a violation of his First Amendment right and other constitutional rights. Back in 1971, there was a seminal Supreme Court case called Bivens, and Bivens found an implied right of uh, an implied cause of action within the constitutional rights of the United States Constitution where individuals like Michael Cohen could be able to file lawsuits to adjudicate damages they suffer as a result of constitutional harms and constitutional injuries. But as the court turned to a far right-wing court, as the Federalist Society got more influence, Bivens, this doctrine of allowing these causes of actions, it was gutted. And what the courts were basically saying is Congress has to pass a specific law about specific circumstances in order for there to be causes of action. There can't be an implied cause of action. So in lots of these cases now where people are suing government officials and trying to assert Bivens and trying to assert an implied constitutional remedy, courts have now been holding over time and the Supreme Court has been holding that there is no constitutional remedy even if someone's been badly injured unless there is some extraordinary circumstance. And what is that extraordinary circumstance? Well, Michael Cohen's lawyers argue the United States president ordering that I be placed in prison in solitary confinement unless I waive my First Amendment rights, that falls within the um, Bivens doctrine still in this extraordinary circumstance, so I should be able to sue. And the government lawyers and uh, what Alina Haba, I guess, was was trying to argue, although she took it in an issue of more of absolute presidential immunity, but then didn't really know the key doctrine involving her client based on a D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals opinion that was 
what that that was just issued, the government's going to argue, no, this is uh, there may be a constitutional violation involving Michael Cohen, but there is no remedy, there is no implied cause of action right here. And so there you have Alina Haba not knowing even what she's talking about. But then, by the way, you have Alina Haba at the same time, just the day before, going on television networks and saying that the United States Supreme Court really needs to step in to help her client, Donald Trump. She says this, the Supreme Court needs to step in and help Donald Trump on the issue of absolute presidential immunity. Play this clip and then let's talk about it. And I believe uh, someone had called on, on the Supreme Court to do this exact thing. We need the Supreme Court to step in and stop this. This has become complete mayhem. Mm. And if they don't start looking at these decisions and as the highest court in this country, as the arbiter of law, the ultimate arbiter of the Constitution, the people that are supposed to enforce our bedrock, if they don't start doing it, which thank goodness they are, we, you know, have some law and order hopefully soon. Well, people, what if you could support small family farmers and reduce your environmental imprint all while enjoying the highest quality meat on earth? When you join the Moink movement, you can. I'm so excited to tell you about Moink. That's Moo plus Oink. Moink is a meat subscription box company on a mission to fight for the family farm. They're located in rural America, run by an eighth generation female farmer. Their animals are raised humanely, their employees are paid a living wage, and the quality of their product is better than anything you'll find in a store. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. Moink farmers farm like our grandparents did, and as a result, Moink meat tastes like it should, because the family farm does it better and the Moink difference is a difference you can taste. Unlike the supermarket, Moink gives you total control over the quality and source of your food. You choose the meat delivered in every box, like ribeyes to chicken breasts, to pork chops to salmon fillets, and much, much more. Plus, you can cancel at any time. We here at Legal AF are unapologetically pro-democracy, and it's so amazing to know that Moink is helping save rural America. I love it, and you will too. Join the Moink movement today. Shark Tank host Kevin O'Leary called Moink's bacon the best bacon he's ever tasted. And Ring Doorbell founder Jamie Siminoff, he jumped at the chance to invest in Moink. Plus, they guarantee you'll say, oink, oink, I'm just so happy I got Moinked. I know I do and you will too. Keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash legalaf right now. And listeners of this show get free ground beef for a year. That's one year of the best ground beef you'll ever taste, but for a limited time. Spelled M-O-I-N-K, box.com slash legal AF. That's moinkbox.com slash legal AF. And then in this next one, I'll just play you one more here. Alina Haba says that, you know, Donald Trump is a victim and that that's why that's what people like about him, that he's a victim. Here, play this clip. So they want to keep him holed up in a courtroom. Right. Right. It's actually playing against them. He's getting a lot of voters that he normally wouldn't get because they're seeing this and he is the victim all of a sudden. They've made him a victim of complete and utter election interference and lawfare. It's it's un All right. So if Alina Haba's out there talking about the United States Supreme Court needs to intervene 
to stop the case against Donald Trump on the basis of absolute presidential immunity, a few things Alina Habba needs to learn about. First, the doctrine of absolute presidential immunity as a threshold matter. And you may want to read the Blasting Game case by the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals because that relates not just to absolute presidential immunity, it relates to your client Donald Trump and why he does not have absolute presidential immunity in civil cases regarding the January 6th insurrection because his conduct involved election activity, campaign activity. That is not within the outer perimeter where absolute presidential immunity has been recognized in the past for presidents or former presidents for conduct that occurred while they were in office, like in the Nixon versus Fitzgerald case. Nixon v. Fitzgerald involved a wrongful termination, a retaliatory termination of Fitzgerald. And even if it was an illegal act, Supreme Court still said falls within the outer perimeter of executive authority, hiring and firing within the executive branch. So that's civil issues regarding absolute presidential immunity. But Alina Habba, the second thing you may want to learn about is what's going on in the criminal case involving your client with absolute presidential immunity, where federal judge Tanya Chutkin ruled that in criminal cases, former presidents are not entitled to absolute presidential immunity for criminal wrongs committed while they were in office. Judge Tanya Chutkin, the federal judge in the Washington, D.C. case involving Donald Trump's attempt to overthrow the results of the 2020 election, says, look at the text and the structure and the history of the United States Constitution. It all goes against a concept of absolute presidential immunity. Donald Trump is appealing that. You may remember that, Alina Habba, to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. The D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals has expedited briefing. Briefing will be uh, completed by January 2nd of 2024. There's probably going to be oral argument shortly thereafter. And you may want to remember, Alina Habba, that Special Counsel Jack Smith then filed a petition immediately with the United States Supreme Court for them to hear certiorari or grant certiorari, in other words, for them to hear oral argument on the issue of absolute presidential immunity in criminal cases for conduct committed while Donald Trump was in office. So if what you are saying, Alina Habba, is that you want the Supreme Court to step in, you've got an opportunity for it because Jack Smith wants it too. So Jack Smith has requested it. The Supreme Court has now set a date of December 20th of uh, of 2023 for your client, Donald Trump, to respond uh, about whether or not the Supreme Court should or shouldn't hear oral argument. It's called granting certiorari. So I suspect that you and Donald Trump are going to argue that the Supreme Court should not grant certiorari, that the Supreme Court should not hear oral argument, even though you're saying you want the Supreme Court to intervene. By the way, this is Donald Trump right here in the speech that he gave in Iowa, where he says that now special counsel Jack Smith is trying to get the Supreme Court to take a guilty plea. Well, he doesn't even know what he's talking about. It's just gibberish. Here, play this clip. Waited and waited and waited, and then they saw I was running, and they waited, and then they saw I was hot, and they filed lawsuits. These are very dishonest people. That's called election interference. These are very, and now they're fighting like hell because they want to try and get a guilty plea 
from the Supreme Court of the United States, which I can't imagine because you have presidential immunity. But strange things happen. But they want to get that because that's the only way they're going to win the election. It's a very sick thing. So it is a complete and utter clown show in Donald Trump's legal team. And I really wanted to play you that audio at the beginning because it goes to the most fundamental issue. Alina Haba, how do you not know the case? The main case on absolute presidential immunity. And that's why you saw the second or you heard the Second Circuit judge have no time for that at all. Tell me what you think in the comments below. Hit the thumbs up. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's free to subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you want to go a step further and help the growth of this network, check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch and have a great one. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram at Midas Touch to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now.